Hello, and welcome to What is Innovation? The podcast that explores the reality of a word that is in danger of losing its meaning altogether. This podcast is produced by Outlast Consulting, LLC, a boutique consultancy that helps companies use innovation principles to solve their toughest business problems. I'm your host, Jared Simmons, and I'm so excited to have Hung Nguyen on the show today. Hung, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hung and I go way back. Uh, She had the misfortune of managing me uh, as part of a a team uh, during her time at at McKinsey, and uh, unfortunately, she hasn't been able to get rid of me ever since. So uh, I really appreciate you making the time. It's like a fungal infection. We'll never completely (laughs) be gone. (laughs) I hope you're right. Uh, Hung leads the Digital Center of Expertise at BP. Her vision is to recruit, develop, and deploy talent in a radical way to increase teams' engagement and purpose. Prior to BP, she worked at McKinsey & Company as a strategy consultant focused on organizational effectiveness. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology and economics from Harvard College and an MBA from Stanford Graduate School of Business. Her interests in behavioral science and decision-making extend beyond work and into her proudest real-life psych experiments, her three daughters, and pup cowboy. I think that that bio tells you everything you need to know about Hung, so I'm looking forward to to a great discussion. Um, This is the first episode of our podcast, and so just a little bit about the format. What we'll do is uh, every week we're going to talk to a different person. And we're going to explore uh, what is innovation as a question, uh, what isn't innovation, and and then we'll we'll talk a bit about how uh, each person's experience has been shaped by innovation in, as part of their career uh, and otherwise. And so I'm hoping that we'll get to see things from a lot of different angles um, and and learn a lot from a lot of different people. So what we'll do is get started today, and uh, the way I want, would like to kick things off is to talk to you, Hung, a bit about uh, about innovation. So what is innovation in your mind? In my mind, uh, innovation is about being creative and trying new things, regardless of how big or small the idea is. So this could be new combinations, permutations, um, ideas that haven't been tried before, ideas that have been tried before but weren't executed successfully. So all of these things encompass innovation. And while some of the ideas will be great and fruitful, others might be terrible. Um, But it's the process of trying new ideas for you, the person, or your team, um, or or really your organization to um, continue progressing. Because without innovation, um, you might become stagnant and irrelevant um, and stop growing. No one wants that, right? No. Um, And while lots of organizations that I've been a part of talk about innovation and want to do it, um, a lot of people talk about it, but don't appropriately invest or experiment with innovation. Right, right. And so it sounds like creativity uh, and exploration is at the heart of the way you see uh, innovation. Absolutely. And and help me understand how that kind of breaks down um, in the 
in the corporate world from your point of view, um, as you talk about innovation not actually happening? Sure. Um, I think that in the corporate world, um, people principally are supportive of innovation because they see um, incredible case studies about how innovation changes lives, um, changes hearts and minds, um, increases revenue, decreases costs. So people get that innovation is important. But while they want to do it, oftentimes they don't know how to figure out the, an effective innovation process. So often an organization might um, create a special team, like a SWAT team to you know, think about innovation in that corner, in that tower over there by themselves. Oh, yeah. And their, <laughs> their, their remit is to create this fantastic unicorn, a billion dollar business, and then bring it back over to you know, the mothership and then we'll scale it and sell it and everything will be great. Right. I, I think in that process, um, we've missed a few tricks and you can't separate innovation from the um, core business model of an organization or a business. What are some of the implications of that when that does happen? When you separate the head from the body, or or in this case, like the heart from the body, it just doesn't work. Both pieces um, hurt from that. The team that's tasked with innovation may not get the proper um, nurture, feeding, investment, talent that it needs. It might not get the appropriate diversity of talents because you're probably putting people who are really great at innovation in a corner, but they might not have um, domain expertise. And it's really at that intersection between domain expertise and um, innovation, domain agnostic, that something actually comes out of it. Um, and also, if you, if the organization doesn't have innovation in its DNA, then the organization might be too hesitant to try things that are risky. And that's truly when step change innovation happens. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, I think one of the one of the key things you touched on there was. Uh, people tend to apply innovation and innovation thinking to new things, new products, new services, et cetera. Um, whereas it doesn't necessarily have to be um, applied to new things. Uh, the, the, the process of, in, of innovation is something that can improve existing processes, existing products, uh, and it can be used you know, in-house as well. Agreed. So tell me what innovation isn't. What is innovation is not is not what? Yeah. So we started talking a little bit about that. Um, innovation isn't just talking about it. Um, innovation is doing it and potentially failing and learning from those failures. Um, innovation isn't a one time um, investment or hit. It's a whole way of being and thinking. And probably the best way to illustrate that is the fact that some people um, are, are in their personal lives are a bit more creative and exploratory. And that same concept could be applied to a whole team or organization. So if, if you continue to be curious 
um, about whatever you're working on, whatever widget you're working on, whatever process you're working on, mm -hmm. um, that's when innovation comes to life. Tell me more about curiosity. What does that What does that look like? Um, curiosity could be a couple of things. One is um, seeing some sort of thread loose on a sweater and just pulling at it, even though mm -hmm. it might not be the best thing to do because you just can't resist the urge to just pull and try to learn, hopefully, um, something cool before your sweater comes loose or before you become naked. Um, <laughs> The other piece of curiosity is around um, taking external inspiration and applying it to your home base or your domain expertise. There's a lot of innovation that happens, um, to your point earlier, not because it's a brand new idea, but because it was an idea that exists in another context, another culture, another um, industry that when applied to your um, home base domain um, could radically change the, the product or how you view the current challenge. Right, so curiosity in your mind can lead to ragged clothing or it could lead to new applications. Absolutely. Uh, new ways of doing things. So not necessarily uh, a new, um, problem to solve, but a new application of, of, a, of, a, of a solution, existing solution. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the important thing here is that, uh, that having some sort of um, innate curiosity. So there's innovation at a, at a corporate level, at a team level. Yes. And then there's, there's, what happens at an individual level? What makes a person innovative? Yeah. Uh, and that, I think, you you know, your background in psychology and economics and, you know, your current role uh, at, at BP, it, it, thinking about innovation at that individual level is really something I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, any business or organization is just created by individual folks who have decided that day that they're going to come to work and that they are going to share their gifts and their energy. And if you have a pool of humans who are just coming to work to punch a card or to just copy the text from a book that already exists, then you would get one sort of product. Mm. Um, and if you have a pool of humans, talent, who comes into work wanting to solve problems, wanting to be creative, wanting to learn, wanting to inspire and to be inspired, you get a completely different product. And so I strongly feel that at the end of the day, we have to invest. We have to select for the right mindsets and behaviors to nurture and to incentivize that behavior. Because through the behaviors of one individual, and then as a collective, a team, that's when new things can come out through creative conversations, um, problem solving, or even creative play and banter. Um, something might come out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like our sweater threading, sweater <laughs> thread pulling <laughs> led to a great conversation. 
I, I, you know, I can hear the passion in your voice as you talk about this at an individual level and finding the right people. How do you how do you ensure that uh, in your current role and, and in your past roles, you know, you're building a team at McKinsey uh, even. How do you how do you what do you look for to, to, to make sure you're finding the right people? So um, in my current role, um, I am um, tasked to create a digital center of expertise. Um, BP is an oil and gas, and we have a new ambition to reinvent BP and reimagine energy. And we are trying to, and we know a fundamental building block is around um, having a different set of talent, both in terms of their um, digital expertise, so data science, coding, those things that you can learn, Mm-hmm. But also that we have to optimize and choose people who are um, curious and open-minded and will continue to learn. Right. Because what pe- the skills that people have today may not be the skills that are relevant tomorrow. And we really don't know what those skills are. But we, if we have an agile workforce who's always curious and is always learning, then we are then um, – foolproof is not the right word. Future proof. Future proof. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, in in my work there, um, we identified definite areas where we need to build where we're just lacking um, technical skills, mm-hmm. and we knew that the easy answer would likely to be go external and hire those folks who have those skills ready to go. Um, but there was a curious um, alternative that I wanted to try first, hmm. which was to see if there were people internally, because we have really smart people who actually in their spare time have developed their own digital skills, um, either self-taught hmm. or um, informalized programs that they're doing in their spare time because they're highly motivated to continue to learn. Interesting. And we found that there was an a very, very robust talent pool who are very excited about data science. And it makes sense because we have a huge um, workforce of people who have advanced math skills. And as data science is developing, these folks have sought to just grow their skills because they're intellectually curious. And they have created algorithms and models in their spare time to try to predict the stock market or try to automate their own jobs so they could free up capacity to do other cool, fun things. And so I uh, tried to to take stock of that internal landscape and then um, try to get support to create a reskilled class. So identify a group of 10 or so folks Mm. who had the basic skills that we could take and then provide a bit more formal training so that they can um, build on their um, very strong foundation of advanced math and then their self-taught um, layer of data science methodology and then do uh, a lot of on-the-job um, work and training mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. apply all of those things to data science. And I think that the the cherry on the top is that these people are highly, highly motivated. So I knew that because their hearts and minds were in the right place, it would be very easy to um, upskill and reskill them to do so. And by 
doing that, A, we can take advantage of folks who have oil and gas domain expertise. B, there are folks who already understand the way that BP works and can get stuff done within the very large matrix organization. Um, And C, it really shows the organization that although we are evolving into a more digital organization, we're not leaving folks behind. But there are opportunity that if you are excited, if you are interested, if you want to, we can reskill. It's not, you know, right. it's not robots that's going to take over our jobs. You know, right. it, it, it could be you just doing, taking over a new job. Wow, that's that's wonderful. I think that's, that's such a great um, message, it just in general, in terms of, uh, I feel like, you know, people talk about this coming wave of automation and AI and all these other things, but there's always an element of evolution that we control. Um, and, you know, it's the people who are able to evolve that will continue to play a, a, a critical role in the future, I think, is what I'm taking from what you're saying. Yeah. It's the people who want to innovate themselves. Yeah. Who who are who are out there, you know, trying new ideas, seeing what they like and not stagnant and stuck in the way that things are done now or don't hold too tightly um, the status quo. I think the brilliance behind your approach is that you uh, have already, you are able to observe what most people try to recruit for in an, in an artificial interview environment or by reading a resume or looking at experience. You can look at this person in their day-to-day world and see, are they curious? You know, are they motivated to learn and, and evolve and grow and develop new skills? Um, so I, I think that that is a uh, a great model for how to think about recruiting in any you know digital or any other domain as we move forward because you're right i mean as we've learned from 2020 we don't know what tomorrow will bring or next week or next month and it's not the people who have the skills that are relevant today that are going to win it's the people who can quickly acquire the skills that are going to be relevant tomorrow uh, so i i really I think this, I think the vision of uh, reimagining energy uh, is, is, you know, I think this is going to be the cornerstone of that. And uh, I think you're playing a, a critical role in that. It, it has been a really exciting experiment and uh, so far so good. Yeah. From a business standpoint, um, we are delivering value, which is fantastic. From a talent perspective, people also seem to be responding really well. Um, they feel that the um, company is now recognizing who they are, what they want to do, mm-hmm. rather than forcing them to do something that they might not. Because just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's where your passion is. Exactly. And in a perfect world, we try to find that sweet spot between the Venn diagram of what you're good at and what you want to do. Right. Um, and so but by investing in these folks this way, People are really excited about um, their, their new job, their new role, and actually creating something new. That's fantastic. And I think, you know, what you mentioned reminded me of uh, an anecdote I read in a book once about uh, NBA players. Uh, this NBA general manager was trying to figure out how to better evaluate players. Uh, and what he found was, you know, a lot of the players who were seven feet tall, 
didn't like basketball that much. You know, and and it's something that uh, that I it never would have crossed my mind. But you know, when you're seven feet tall and relatively coordinated, uh, and live in the United States, basketball is going to be something that people, you know, push push you toward, and yeah. you get rewarded for it, and you you know, and and all of a sudden it's what you do for a living. Yes, and maybe you don't even like it. Uh, and, and so that is, I think something that people can, uh, that happens more in corporate America than people realize you're good at math. You should become an engineer. Yes. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. And you know, you're 15 years into a career and one day you go, I don't really, I'm not sure that I even like this stuff that I do every day and I'm an expert at, you know? Is that why you became an engineer? Cause you were good at math? Uh, I became an engineer because uh, the um, the PSAT. Do you remember that test? I don't know. If I they did. Still get I, I I I I took it, but didn't do too good. <laughs> the the end of that, that. that is why I didn't do too too good. <laughs> <laughs> so the you had to put down there. They asked for a major, and it was. So that, you know, if you did well, yeah, yeah. You, you could get a scholarship in that area. Yeah, yeah. I remember and that. And so the, the lady at the front, the teacher at the front of the room that was moderating, um, I said, I don't I don't know what I want to do. I don't, I don't know. She said, she said, do you like uh, math? And I said, yeah. Uh, she said, then, you know, you should be an engineer. And I said, okay. I said, well, there's several different kinds of engineers down here. And she said, and I, and uh, she said, well, whatever you do, don't pick chemical engineering because that's the hardest one. And so that's how I became a chemical engineer. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How our, our lives take different paths? Because what if, because you're tall too. So what if she said <laughs> basketball player? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would be very hungry right now uh, looking looking for something something else to do. But yeah, no, it's it's amazing the small moments in life that take you down these paths. And that's why I think things like reskilling um, and and focusing on ability to evolve uh, is really inspirational to me as someone who, you know, started life as a, as a chemical engineer, became a, you know, moved into product development and uh, became a consultant and all these other things. Uh, it, it's an important it's an important thing to uh to let people know that you know innovation happens at the individual level and it starts with not just your skills but with your willingness to be curious and uh you know and build new muscles yeah now talking about individuals and innovators what uh if any advice would you have for uh innovators of the future or people who want to become part of this great uh workforce you're building it at bp um so i think in terms of the bp specific answer it would be truly taking stock of um it's that venn diagram that i mentioned before Mm -hmm. what are you good at um it's important to know what your strengths are and what are you passionate about and hopefully there is an overlap somewhere between those two circles yeah exactly (laughs) if not you need to grow your circles a bit (laughs) Um, so that's a very BP-specific answer in terms of um, reskilling to be part of the, the digital evolution. Mm. Um, but in terms of p- 
broader advice for innovators of the world. It's being willing to test new ideas, um, to trust yourself and the universe a bit, to, to be that kid that you once were, that liked to try new things just for the sake of trying. And if you try things and you like it, great, you learn something. And if you try something and you hate it because you did terrible, you probably learn something even bigger and more important. Yeah. And that process of trying and learning and iterating um, is how you will continue to, to evolve as a, an, an innovator in the world. Thank you. That was uh, great advice. That's great advice for me personally. And uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be great advice for, for our listeners as well. Thank you so much, Hung, for uh, hanging out with me for a little bit and uh, sharing your thoughts with with me and with, with the audience. I've benefited from your wisdom for years, and I'm glad uh, to have the opportunity to share it with, with others. Uh, and I've tolerated your sense of humor as well. So, <laughs> so I, hope that, I hope everyone else appreciated it as much as I always do. Thank you, Jared. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Hung, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this week's show. You can drop us a line on Twitter at Outlast LLC. That's O-U-T-L-A-S-T-L-L-C. Or follow us on LinkedIn where we're Outlast Consulting. Until next time, keep innovating, whatever that means.